Mr. Pop. If you missed the Marty Shear goal today, here's what you missed. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hi everyone, welcome to Rock and Roll. It's been another, you know, just a week we sort of sat around, picked our nose, didn't do a lot, but you know, I'm sure we've got, uh, I'm sure we've got enough to fill, we'll almost fill a program today with, you know, Bit of sport, bit of music, bit of chart attack, bit of what we've been doing. Well, well, I think we might just fill a program this week. My name's Kevin Hillier, and with me, of course, each week, Mark Fine, who's icy polling as we speak himself, or icy polling himself as we speak, I think that should be. Hello, Finey. How are you? Not too old, never too old to have an icy poll on a hot day. Absolutely. As you said, there's a certain temperature threshold where Ice cream just doesn't quite do the hit has the chill factor, you know. I mean, ice creams are great, don't get me wrong, but some days demand the icy ball. Absolutely. What's the uh, what's the flavour of choice at the fine household? Do you have like a big truckload of super duper colas yep. or? Oh, those super duplers are very popular. They're good. You know the the ice, ice treat in a in a plastic, you know the. It's a condom. <laughs> uh, I yeah, see a condom. That, that sort of detached voice would know. Um, <laughs> now, the one thing about the old Zupa Dupa mm. is you buy them from the supermarket, not frozen. And until they get in the freezer and freeze, you realise you've paid eight dollars for twenty-four tubes of, you know, very. You basically paid a lot of money for very little cordial. Oh, yeah. But when it freezes, all is forgiven. Yeah, exactly right. And, of course, the other part of the program is the one and only Brian Mannix. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Kevin, and great to see you, Mark. Um, Super dupers, yeah. You're paying way too much. Um, At the dearest they are for me are $5.50, but you wait till they're on special and they're (sighs) $3.30. Yeah, but that's called winter. (laughs) <laughs> well, no, no, no. And um, the super dupers I get are ribbed for her pleasure, so it's fantastic. <laughs> Who knew Sexyland had a fridge? Good God. Oh, they, they've, got, they've got icy poles for lap dancers to work on. That's icy pole dancing. Icy pole dancing. That is where I want to be. I, I want to ask you guys a question. Uh, um, yes, funny. You know, this has not changed in my life. In fact, I, I find a lot of things, you know, when I was 15, I had high hopes for a a, a a far more interesting future than we have now. As There's that great line on Seinfeld about flying cars. Mm-hmm. You know, George, what George says, they'll no. never let us, they'll never let us fly, <laughs> you know. They're, gonna, they're just not going to let everybody fly a car. Yeah. But, but as kids, we all thought they did. And the news has not changed for 50 years. It honestly hasn't. So what's what this on? All right, today's not quite hot enough. But if we if we hit the old 100 Fahrenheit in the old or about 38, 39 degrees, they'll do a story just on the heat. And what will be some of the features of that story that has been done 
the same way for 50 years. Oh, Mr Fine. Yes, Kevin? Mr Fine. Uh, well, Mr Fine, I think they'll get an egg and they'll crack it on the pavement. I did oh. that once at the, at the, at the um, in South Australia at that wall, that you, the whispering wall. I took the kids there. It was 48 degrees. Oh, my God. It, it, the white did... The white cooked a bit, didn't cook it completely, but solidified still. slightly. Yeah. Yes. Do, I'll tell you what else they do on really hot days. They'll go to the zoo <laughs> and they'll they'll feed the animals in ice blocks, you know. And you'll see some poor gorilla trying to have its dinner, gouging it out of a giant <laughs> block of ice. Yes, they do. And then they'll go to some nursing home because it's a hundred, and find some poor geezers. Maybe this is pre-COVID, who are a hundred. And they'll stick a couple of, of sort of, um, I think they make super dupers for people in age homes, but they're not super dupers. They've got like, um, I don't know, they got, they're like um, LucasAid or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, for the gastro uh, challenged in the, uh, in the community, yep. And yeah, then it'll finish with, it'll start or finish with a crowded beach at 9 o'clock at night. It's nine a, a live coverage. It's 9 o'clock. And there's still 10,000 people at Elwood Beach and only three of them have stepped on syringes. <laughs> Back to you, Brian. And, and then the reporter now, as I've seen, will have the shirt and the tie and, and he'll, as, as they're panning away from him, he'll have board shorts or uh, bathers on and he'll walk into the water with the microphone and throw it behind him and then jump into the water. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the perfect ending. And then Peter Hitchner will say, thank you, Lavinia. <laughs> any, uh, Lavinia, any relief from the hot weather? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, there will be for you and me, Peter, because we're wealthy and we've got centrally ducted air conditioning. But for the rest of them, no, no relief whatsoever. <laughs> thank you, Lavinia. <laughs> well, that's all our news we have time for tonight. Our next bulletin will be at 11am tomorrow morning. Yes. Yes, it is predictable. You're right. Uh, some things have, have not changed at all uh, in 50, 60, 70, 80 years. Yeah. Now, there has been a little bit happening. Actually, speaking of the weather and, uh, and unusual conditions that have uh, permeated um, our area uh, of recent times, I don't know if you've noticed, but on the weekend, I was on, on the radio on the weekend on Saturday, and there were massive shark sightings in Sorrento. Around the Bay in St Leonard's, there were, hang on, there were, there were massive shark bodings in St Leonard's. Um, there were a few down uh, towards the Blackrock area, I believe. There was a couple of beaches, I'm, I'm told, were, um, were actually evacuated. Black Rock? Black Rock. Is it called Black Rock? Yeah. I thought it was something else. Okay. Can, no, it's can, called Tell me about the sharks. Um, uh, so uh, there, we've, we've seen, and they're coming in uh, into, into waters very close to where the swimmers are. And we're we're boats and people are uh, frequenting, and not a problem. It's not. No. Why not? Because now Victorian beaches are being patrolled by Warwick Kappa, <laughs> Superman, <laughs> anti shark Superman. He goes from beach to beach, plucking unfortunates out of the water just before they are consumed wholeness bolus by the shark. And you know why Warwick is such a good protection against the sharks? Because he's key up Because he can think like a shark, a big fish. Eight seconds. Duh, what? what <laughs> did, did you hear him on 
<laughs> did you hear him on Fox FM? I think I sent it. Oh to you. yes, I did. He was talking to Fifi, Fev, and uh, and Nick. Um, yeah, and he, he did not make any sense whatsoever. Except well, he talked about some project he's working on with doing a movie or something or a film with someone who was really. What's the name, what's the name of the movie, Warwick? Oh, I don't remember, but it's coming out next year. <laughs> right. But who no, was in it with him? Who no, was going to no. be in it with him? Wasn't Pamela oh, Anderson? It was Charlie Sheen. Was that's be right? In Charlie it. Sheen. Oh, he's be been on about that for years. He got a call from America and. I got yeah, one from Ukraine it. today. It's not a movie offer, Warwick. It's it's someone trying to br- <laughs> break into your phone system, you dickhead. <laughs> Goodness uh, me. He took, you know, according to his version on Fox, that he saw many me, oh, which is me, yeah. jumping. Did we do this last week or am I? No, 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 no. No, this is new. Well, he goes, well, you know, we stopped for lunch and uh, then, you know, we'd been swimming and that and then I heard mini me in the water as Brian started screaming, and they're going, yeah, it's not a shark. Well, he said, no, I saw a big shadow right next to him, 12-footer. Yeah. So I jumped in and took a hanger on his back, and my heel went into the back of his head, and um, I went, <laughs> And um, so he um. took a specky on the shark's back and scared the shark off, but it went from 12 foot to 14 foot within two sentences. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Which is pretty good for Warwick to get two sentences in a row, I, I thought was a thing. How um, how do you feel, incidentally, about being referred to as mini-me when it's being said by Warwick Kappa? Uh, it's a, a sort of an ongoing joke and, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. And, you know, what I want to do one night is dress him up exactly the same as me. Oh, no, you're not going to let him on stage. Jeez, I feel like I'm I'm growing. Hang on, I don't feel good. Wander off stage, then have him come back (laughs) and finish everybody who wants to work like a big me. That would be funny. (laughs) That would would be very funny. (laughs) Didn't he do a record? He'd be a great ventriloquist. (laughs) Yeah, he would. He would. Didn't he do a record? At the end of the the show, the, you know, whoever would hire them would say, all right, that's it. Trying to pack the dummy up in the box, <laughs> and the little puppet would walk away and grab Warwick and pack him up in the box. <laughs> uh, he's very funny. Uh, no, um, he's amusing, but um, uh, yeah, he, unfortunately, uh, his 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 mouth goes at four hundred miles faster than his brain. Yeah, but I, I think what I like about him is that it doesn't matter what happens. The glass is always half full and it's like everything's great. Um, it doesn't matter what anybody says or what happens. It's just, no, nah, mate, so whiz, we'll be fine. Yeah, it's good, mate. You know, <laughs> when he got kicked off Celebrity Apprentice, I loved it. He goes, oh, well, you know, I'll bounce back from this, probably bounce back tomorrow. <laughs> and I just thought that was great, you know, like you bit down at the moment, but by tomorrow morning you'll, you'll have bounced back and it'll be fine. Yep. And um, he's a bit of an optimist. I like that. Yep. You know, you know what? I've done podcasts with Warwick. I've done um, shows. Sex, you know. sex with Warwick? No, no. Not yet. No, I was offered I was offered to be his fluffer, but. Because he <laughs> he's got the porno movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was offered to be his fluffer in a porno movie. Oh, God. Fantastic. Yeah. It's not a bad, hey, it's not a bad job. Well, it's 200 in the hand, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that, hey, as we say in that industry, 
200 in the hands better than one in the bush. I'm saying working as a fluffer, fluffer for him's not bad because, you know, let me tell you, there's plenty of takes whenever Warwick does something, and that's a fact. Um, but, but I've done podcasts with him. I've done interviews with him. I've been on panels with him. By the way, if you ask, every time I've met him, and that's what I said about the, the shark thing, it's absolutely for him the first time we've ever met, but yep. that's okay. Yeah. Um, the amazing thing about it is, you know, he, he's... He doesn't make a lot of sense. He's great fun. He's the whiz. He's Kappa. He's the whiz. And then, when, <laughs> and then when the sort of podcast ends or the cameras stop rolling, as they say, or the, the panel ends, you expect him to turn around and go, oh, that went pretty well. You know, you'd, you'd think that there was a more sensible and serious and, in, dare I say it, intelligent <laughs> Warwick Kappa that understands that that character is, you know, a bit of a money-making venture and people love that character. But there is no there is no differentiation. <laughs> in fact, I don't even know that he knows that sometimes he's on a panel or in a podcast <laughs> or whatever. Oh. Yeah. There's no there's no sort of um observation of a smarter Warwick that looks back that, that says, Well, that's media Warwick and now we all go back to our normal lives. It's, yeah. Kappa, see you next time. <laughs> and good on him because, he, as you say, that is a world of – that is a world of eternal op- – he's a cockeyed optimist, I yeah. tell you. Cockeyed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, And, you know, to his credit, he's kept his brand going. Like, you know, when was he playing footy in the 80s? And he's still probably yeah. one of the most famous ex-footballers we've had. Yeah, Pretty probably, bad. yeah, you know, in terms you know, of recognition, yeah. Well, Tony Modra was a great full forward, but we don't really hear much of him. Yeah, I mean, he is a local product, Warwick. I guess in South Australia there is a bit of Modra and there is a little bit. I'll yeah. say this. I've done these panels with Warwick and on it I'd say something and i say that he pisses me off a bit, Warwick Kappa. Stephen Baker of all ex footballers, Stephen Baker to a little extent, but he's not really a big, you know, Stephen Baker at the end of his career thought he could make some money on the talk circuit by playing up the, you know, nasty hitman, you know, hitman. I was out there bashing blokes and, you know, yep. and he said all the terrible things he did to play. Stephen Baker was a bloody good footballer, um, courageous, either as a tagger, would always stand under a ball. He's a good player, Stephen Baker, but to, sort of further his any career he had post-football. He was never going to be a commentator or a coach, but he was, you know, did the talk circuit as footy's Mr Nasty Guy and he created a persona that wasn't true. And unfortunately, with everything that Warwick's done, I have uh, I sometimes bang my head against a brick wall to tell people how good a player Warwick was and oh. he was a bloody good footballer. Yes, he took some brilliant high marks, and he was brilliant at it. Yeah, I was watching that, one the other day. He reckons it should be the mark of the century, and, I, you know, and I'm inclined to the one agree on with him. But it's, Yeah, but, he sort of takes it with one arm while he's sideways in yeah, the air. Yeah. He, he did good. take some brilliant marks, but you don't kick 100. First of all, he played in an era where the full forwards like Plugger and Dunstall, Ablett, 
they could mete out some punishment. I mean, they were incredibly strong individuals. So fullbacks had as part of their armoury smashing people to the back of the head. That was still de rigueur back in those days. And Warwick was quite slightly built. So he copped the rounds of the kicks in. He did not play for a brilliant team when he kicked the 100. And his ability, and also he wasn't a long kick. He was quite an accurate kick. So he had to work close to goal in tight confines generally. He was, he of all of the uh, Lockett was good at this till he got injured and a bit overweight. His ability to recover the ball, Warwick, once the mark was spoiled, he was so quick to go from a mark, mark or leading option to picking the ball up off the ground. I mean, he was a very, very good footballer, excellent footballer. And playing the Joker, unfortunately, and Doug Hawkins suffered from this a bit as well. Yeah, so Billy Brown. You realise you're dealing with these people should be respected when they're yeah. on a football panel, but they're the sort of butt of jokes, and I don't yeah. like it. Yeah, they did that to Shane Crawford, who you know he sort of yes, started yes, doing stupid yes. things. Yeah, good point. Yeah. It's sort of like you know you guys are great footballers, and then you end up because of the nature of the footy show or whatever, you end up playing a buffoon. Yeah, and the clown prince. It sort of diminishes their great work. It really does. I mean, mm. I, I think we see less of it nowadays because football media is so vanilla. <laughs> we probably don't see that anymore. But you know, I mean, they they will they will drive us into absolute. It, oh my God. Well, look at what they did to yeah. Fev. I mean, they turned Fev into a circus act and then then pissed him off. The minute that it yeah. got a little bit too uncomfortable for him, they pissed him off. Billy's probably the last surviving of uh, in the media because Dougie's finished his media career, but Billy Brownless is probably the last of those kind of characters that's left. All yeah, the others he's, he's have... Cut it all, he's, he be, he's cut it all back now, hasn't he? Well, he just does the Triple M drive show, and that's about it these days, I think. Um, yeah. So he's not doing any television or anything. So they're, they're just not, they're not coming through now. You've got, you've got Nick Rewald and... Uh, Nick Del Santo, and uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Well, now Nathan Buckley, you know. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Hardly, yeah, hardly born villain acts, are they? Well, you know what? In real life, <coughs> as they say, it won't come across uh, on radio because I don't think SEN has much stomach for anything other than the straight down the, you know, down the line banal, to be honest. Yep. But he's got a great sense of humour, Nathan. Um, I'm told a devilish sense of humour, what, yeah, what you would call a wicked funny. sense of humour. Yeah. yeah so is Tim SM. Watson in real life, but you never see, see much of that anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's on that morning show with Gary, he's he's good. They're very fun. They are good. Mm. But that's all being paired back, of course. No no room for humour, gentlemen. <laughs> really? No. And... Um, uh, just, oh no! Not when you're being not when you're being syndicated to forty-seven country towns. McDonald's won't want that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we've got to get to the uh, the big uh, celebrity feud that's going on at the moment, Mannix. <laughs> we want to talk about that. You bought this on yourself. Now, what's going on? And you've now How thrown. Do I bring it on and, myself. Uh, well, because you well you've uh, you know you've got your little sort of frail little arms there, and your little. Side booby things I and all just that. Just been mauled <laughs> by three tiger sharks. Oh, three now. Okay, fine. 
three, 12 foot tigers. Might have been three. 12 to 14 foot tigers. Warwick reckon it'll be 14, but. um, Now, for those people who haven't caught, who don't know what's happened, fine. If you haven't across this, Brian's at war currently with Marty Sheargold. Yes, I am. Details, Mr. Mannix. Well, you know, I don't don't want to be rude, but. Please do. <laughs> Who? Please be Mark. Is he that guy that took over on one of the FM stations and he's on He's on more posters? He's on – Yeah. apparently that – now, I don't know. I've never listened to him. Is that the guy that's – there's more posters of him than listeners? Yes, that's yes, him. That's him. <laughs> that's him. And he's got the really shit ad, like, oh, get a sheet. Oh yeah, just mucking around, having a bit of fun. That's that's an apology for what you're doing. It's not really good, but we're mucking around, we're having some fun. That's shit ass. Um, but anyway, yeah, he fucking body shamed the fuck out of me, and I just thought, fuck you. You know, you're ten years younger than me. You're freaking twice the weight of me. You're bald as a fuckhead, and your ratings are a three. You know, you are shit at your job and I just think, you know, and I know sometimes, you know, I've sort of gone down this road unintentionally but mainly it's more about the outfit, not the purse. But you don't hang shit on. It's the lowest form of comedy to hang shit on somebody's physicality. And I, the way I see it, I don't see it far different to racism in that, you know, oh, he's short so I'm superior to him. Oh, he's black. I'm superior to him. It's, it's kind you of just called him fat and bald. <laughs> yeah, it was a response to him. I'm freaking playing his game back. You no, know, no, like don't, he, don't, he, don't he lower yourself. Well, you know, but he's got no right to be hanging shit on my appearance when you have a look at his. And I just think, you know, this is why you're rating three. You don't, you know, hang shit on what I say or what I do or what I'm wearing. But... You know, what are you There's no do shortage next? of things to hang shit on you. Let's just establish that fact. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. You know, what are you going to do next, you know? See some Chinese person say, oh, they got funny eyes. There's a good laugh, yep. you know, or, you know, oh, there's a, f-, you know, I just think it's just shit. And, um, and I just thought, well, you know, I'm not going to let him get away with it and I'm going to freaking hang shit back on him and I'll fight him all the way because... Otherwise, he, what's he going to do? He's going to just go on the air and just shitbag people's appearances for cheap laughs. And I just think that's wrong. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, we can do a much better job and get those ratings tripled in a week because, you know, how much money would you hazard a guess on how much money you'd be on, Kev? I, yeah, look, I, I, don't, I know. Yeah, go on. Well, I don't know exactly what he's on, but when he started the, the show, his name was Marty Sheercopper. <laughs> and now Sheer it's Sheer Gold. Sheer Copper. <laughs> now he's up to Sheer Gold. Yeah. Oh, right. The, I I he's, the, yeah, well, now he's you, just Marty Sheer shit. If, if you well, see that people have picked that up as a, a name for him. If you, if you take it on what they're paying other people in other markets and what we've heard about people being paid, it would be somewhere between 500000 and above. You You're wouldn't be, kidding. Wouldn't be any, it wouldn't be any less than that, I wouldn't have thought. 500000 to deliver that kind of rating, wow. Yep. It's sort of, look, the ratings have got to tell the story, I suppose. You know, that was the biggest 
FM breakfast show ever when Eddie and Luke were doing it. And in a matter of 18 months or however long he's been there, he's turned it in and were three. Like my radio show in Perth, my 94.5 or whatever it was, which is a branch of the Triple M thing, um, we did a 29. Yeah, Perth's figures, Perth's figures are very different to Melbourne figures. A three is a three is not good in anyone's, but you're winning breakfast in Melbourne with a nine or thereabouts or even it yeah. might have been less than well, that. Well, I averaged 19 to 17 yeah. in Perth, but I suppose it's different. Right. Kevin knows ratings. He's had everything from 40 to zero probably. But, <laughs> yeah. but Oh, you remember my three AK days. <laughs> uh, but he's been at the top. I'm saying you're at the top of the tree. I mean, the, the doyen, as they say. In fact, in doing this week's chart, I found out, I learned a little bit about radio DJs, etc. Did you? Well, yes. You wielded enormous power back in the day. Oh, yeah. Well, at least we're deemed to. My goodness, did I? Well, yeah, more of that later. Yeah. But I'll say this. If he's on 500 grand, that's, that's he's lucky. $490,000 too much. <laughs> Well, how about the executive that pays himself over 800 grand and all he's ever done is slash a good radio station's ratings in half and clawed it back to slashing it by a third? Yep. That's Hello, SEM. Now, that now, that's the worst <laughs> thing to get it. I'm going to come in and I'm going to lose half of your listeners but pay myself $800,000. Pretty good job. Good job if you can yep. get it. And, and loving it. And I'm fireproof. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep buying stations, and yeah. you know, most of them, most of them won't get on the ratings schedule because it's very hard to, you know. Well, some of them aren't we real stations yeah. in terms of they're not actual actual radio stations. They're they're well, the one in Sydney rates point twos and point yeah. threes, zero point two, and then they're on the on the digital. There's a digital um, rating system. Yep, and there's and they've got three or four stations there. This mob. And they are the three, four bottom stations to the point where you can say, oh, my God, that means that there's like 80 people listening. And basically they are being not trounced. I'm not talking trounced. I'm talking obliterated yeah. by Kemmart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And Cole's radio and, and uh, Woolies radio and stuff is killing them. Um, I reckon myself, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, Kev, but okay. I reckon if you, yeah, okay, who's got the shittiest ratings in Melbourne radio at the moment? Probably Marty Sheaf shit. Um, I, don't, I don't know off the top of my head, to be honest. Well, okay, but you, I reckon the best job you can get in radio is to have the one that's just shitful. Mm -hmm. It's like they're not rating much at all, and then you come in and you turn that around. And I think if you were allowed to, and obviously you wouldn't be allowed to, but you play the songs that you like not this stupid playlist which they import from America and just seem to just keep playing the old 80s bullshit. No, they, they don't um, import the program from America. It is done here. They, they choose the songs here, but, yeah, well, they choose on. the right Kiss ones FM. and not who knows. Kiss FM. That came from LA, didn't it? Kiss FM. Oh, the LA. names and stuff, yeah, but the actual programming of, you know, picking the songs and stuff, you that, that's done, that is done locally. It's done by an algorithm of sorts, but it is done locally. I Personally, and you might disagree, but I reckon if I got on a radio station and just played the songs that I like in my show, I reckon it would go well because 
I'd play the Sex Pistols and then I'd play Johnny Cash the next song and just never know what the hell's going to come up. Well, And if, if I know they'd at, never let you, but... Well, because, see, if you look at that chart that Fonny is talking about, the one that we're going to do tonight, which is, uh, you know, the 31st of January 1968, it is full of everything. It's got it's got yeah. country songs. It's got novelty songs. It's got hard rock songs. It's got it's got everything. And radio played that, so everyone was yeah. catered to. Now they've kind of shrunk themselves down that they want to be number one, eighteen to thirty nine males with disposable yeah. income. Blah blah blah. And all those blokes listen to Foo Fighters, Cold Chisel, Bon Jovi, and that's what they play. So that's what that's what radio's done. The opposite of that is the eighteen to thirty nine year old females who all want to hear Beyonce, Katy Perry, or whatever, and they, they've all done that. So they've got a little bit whatever, of the marketplace they can is, sell. Is the word? It's uh, right, Brian. Yes, I'm willing right now to put you through, and I reckon you're up for it. I'm, I'm going to put there. you through the the um what's it called the, the ringer as a word the ringer the hoops. The hoops. I'm going to test you out for Marty Fugold's job right now. And I'll tell you whether you can do it. Are you ready for three or four of your basic tests? And then I'm willing to put you on a five hundred thousand dollar contract now. Okay, I'll do it for two hundred thousand. Okay, number one, I'm going to say something. No matter what I say, you're going to laugh, and you're going to laugh a lot at what I say, and you're barely going to be able to stop. Right. Number one, Wednesday has one billion it. No, it's got two D's in it. <laughs> oh, oh, where do you get this stuff? Oh, fantastic, Marty. You are so- <laughs> Excellent. Hang on, mate. I'm crying here. I'm crying. I can't go on. Hang on. Just one, ooh, more. Ooh. one more. All right. One more. Brian, we've done a bit of a prank. We've intercepted your mail. And your oncologist says you've got about four weeks to live. You've got anal cancer. You're going to die painfully. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I knew I had an itchy bum, but I didn't know why. <laughs> oh, oh, good on you, Marty. I've got cancer of the ass, and you think it's hilarious, and now so do I because it's your fucking show. <laughs> All right. Now, another test very quickly. I want right. you to start laughing, and then I'm going to say something. And you're going to stop laughing. You're going to apologise and say, "No, that's not right." Right. That's not acceptable. Okay. Okay. So I start laughing you, first. You're laughing. It turned out the bloke had red hair, so we shouldn't make fun. <laughs> oh, hang on a second. No, whoa, 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 whoa. But no, no, that's that's not the road we want to be driving down. You know, the bloke can't help whether he's got red hair or not. Brilliant. You know? This is brilliant. I mean, this is the absolute essence. Now, the, the one last thing, right. whatever I say that I've been watching, you've got to interject and say that you watched it and comment on the program. Before the you can. Possibility, because I'll talk about three shows that were on simultaneously and you're going to fucking know about all of them. <laughs> okay, no worries. Okay. Did you see the? Did you see maths last night? It was unbelievable. Oh, I mean, I just, oh, I, look, I'm addicted to that show, and I love Kylie and Brett. I think they're just they're just a great couple, and oh, I love that show. And I just doesn't bother you that it hasn't started airing yet. No, I just I just you know read about it, and that's good enough for me. And um, you know um, I read up about you know Kylie and Brett, and I've got all their backstories, and so you know I think. 
people, and, you know, I've, I've probably got an advanced copy of it. Um, oh, wasn't but, that party fantastic last night? Oh, mate, I, I was glued to the TV when that happened, and she's such a great Australian, and um, she's as Aussie she as Vegemite. She's, oh, she can play. No, she, she didn't play. Last night was her night off. I saw her down the pub playing pool, and oh, she was terrific. <laughs> you know, she had a great eye for you know with the ball. And now, stuff. now, just be very careful what you say about this one. Four Corners had an amazing story oh. on the impact of the drought on farmers in and around the Murray Basin. Look, I I, I watched that. Uh-uh. What right. the Four Corners? What the fuck's Four Corners? <laughs> anything, anything slightly intelligent? Oh, you've got okay, never right. heard of. Yep. Four yep. corners, like like a square. I don't understand what you're talking about. I got in the four corners the other night. Four. Fake laugh, cute fake laugh, cute fake laugh. <laughs> oh yeah, I had the four corners from Melrose Pizza, <laughs> and it was had the seafood <laughs> was beautiful. The oh, the Aussie part was great. It was yeah. <laughs> it was so good. And you, <laughs> thank you, Lavinia. All right, so all you need to do is change the name to Mano and find a female co-host whose name. Sort of sounds like a female sexual organ. So if, you can, <laughs> if you can find a girl called Titty or Totty, Totty, yeah, Totty. it's Man, it's Mano and the Clitting Show. <laughs> Mano Totty, yeah, that'd be all right. And Dicko, and, um, you know, I mean, you can't do Fifi Box. I know that's the best. Yeah, it's brilliant, <laughs> but it's taken. <sighs> right, I've checked with, I've checked with the um. Where you get the number plates. That's where you register your name for a radio show. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> gotta be Davo. Davo, Nick and Sally or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or, yeah, it's sort of I yeah. mean I guess I was finey for a while, but that was my name beforehand. But I never had a I had, I never had a, a bum bum or a poo poo or something. Well Rowan <laughs> was Roco. You know, various ex footballers. Rowan was Roco, but I heard the other people on things saying He's named himself Rocco. I don't know whether that's true or not, but on the Saturday morning show, I heard him sort of getting in a row and saying he's called himself Rocco. No one else does, but anyway, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, the the, the nickname thing has been become a big thing in the last sort of dozen years or so. It wasn't beforehand. Well, what about yeah. Anthony Albanese? Albo, Scomo, and Anthony Albanese would be anal. <laughs> 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 So are you going to vote for Scomo or Anal? So there you go. We've worked out that you're um, you're uh, 100% perfectly fitted to be an FM radio breakfast host, Brian. Look, um, it, it it doesn't seem like it's very difficult. Looking at Marty's work, I think um, you know we could probably just grab some homeless person off the Flinders Homo. Station. <laughs> Homo, yeah, you have, Mano you know, and have, Homo, Mano, Homo and Titty—that'd be beauty. Uh, Straight but, away, people are going to say, well, I've got to see Mano, Homo and Titty. What's, <laughs> what's this about? Yes. Have, have you ever driven into state where you don't know? I mean, Kevin wouldn't know, wouldn't know this, Don, because he knows radio. He's like the doyen. But you land into state and you see these giant posters for, you know, like Goo Goo and, goo goo and Floppy. <laughs> you realise they're, the, they're the two big radio hosts in town, but to you they just they just look like some sort of you know early thirty or late twenty gits. I mean the the bloke is like a thirty something wearing wearing clothes from some sort of you know some sort of shop that's for nineteen year olds. Yeah, you, you look at the poster and you think. 
How backwards is Adelaide? Look at them. They're just addicted to floppy and goo-goo or whatever it is. And <laughs> floppy and but, goo-goo. But when they land in Melbourne, it's Fifi and whatever, and they think the same thing. And yeah. It really only works. The magic only works if it's been spun on you for a long time. Otherwise, they're just, you know, idiots that, laugh, idiots that laugh at nothing between five songs that are played on rotation. It's yeah. hardly, you know, compelling. No, like it's the podcasts not. have become so popular because they don't have to listen to the ads and it's, yeah, yeah it's a lot, yeah. lot better. Yes. Yeah. Is radio suffering because of podcasts, Kev? Uh, radio suffering because it's just not entertaining enough, uh, I think. I don't think I don't think there's loyalty to radio stations like there used to be. No. Um, and let think. me tell you, we bought a new car recently. Oh. And I always thought radio will never die because you've always got radio on in the car. Yeah. But at the tactical fingertip, we have access, or my wife has access to 5,000, 10,000 podcasts. Yep. Right. And yep. that radio dial does not exist. You know, you yeah. can get into anything or listen to whatever music you want and then you listen to your own playlist on Spotify and, yeah. you know, if you don't, if you don't like people giggling at each other and Marty Sheargold classic. If you missed the Marty Sheargold today, here's what you missed. Fuck all. So, <laughs> it, it, really, I mean, sometimes I listen to the highlights. Here's what you missed. If you missed the show today and you think, is that the best the producer yeah. could come up with? Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> so I told the wife, I said, Rhonda, I said, and then I realised I'm not married to Rhonda. That was my girlfriend from 20 years ago. Seth, the wife, was angry. That classic gold with Marty Sheargold. I mean, uh, really? Yeah. So, so people just aren't going to listen to radio if that's what they serve up. No. Well, I think that used to be great because it was kind of cutting edge in that you'd hear, oh, here's the new song from this band or here's the new song from this artist. And they don't seem to do that anymore. You know, I don't know what the the qualifications you need to get your song played on radio, but, you know, you don't hear sort of new songs anymore. And I think that's what made radio a bit vital. It's like, what's going on in the music scene? Oh, okay, this is John Farnham's got a new song or something like that. But it doesn't, it's not like that now. It's more nostalgia. Mm. Well, no one will play. I remember when I was a goal, we, we wanted to uh, instigate a thing where we'd actually play the new songs by the, what they call the, you know, the the core artists of the of the format, which are people like Billy Joel and Little Rib, all those sort of people. Yeah. yeah so if Billy, if, if Billy Joel did a new record. song, play it. Or if the Bee Gees did yeah. a new song, play it. No. Great. That said, oh, no, the audience won't uh, won't accept that. And you well, yes, they will. How do they know that? Well, they just, they're, 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 making, they're justifying their job by making that up. It's a yeah. supposition. Yeah. And, you know, oh, we did a um, – we had 14 people in for a focus group mm. and oh, yeah, no, they're, they're like good six of them liked Phil Collins, so we're going to play him. Like, no, just, you know, this is a thing in life with me in that I would rather follow my gut instincts and it fail than listen to somebody else and it fail. If I, if I follow my gut instincts and the amount of times I've listened to somebody else and it's been a failure, even though I thought it's because I didn't listen to mm. my guts, it's really important to, you know, I think a radio station, if they had the guts to say, well, no, stuff it, we're going to play this. Yep. You know, we're going to have Beatle Hour at midday or we're going to have Stones on midday and then we're going to have just 
mix it up. Yep. You know, yep. don't be scared to lose part of your crowd for two oh. hours because, because no, because other people, no, like I'm not saying there's a big Doris Day fan, but I've got Doris Day two hours. Um, well, a bit Doris Day fans, oh, that, that's not a good example, but Doris Day fans go, oh, yeah, I've got to tune in that at 2 o'clock. Yeah, but if it was Doris Talking Day. Heads, you turn straight off. Yeah, but there might be people that love Talking Heads would turn straight yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. So I just think if they just said, well, look, I reckon this song by Lenny Kravitz is great, so it's his new record, let's play it. I reckon I, that would go better. Yeah, I go, look, I agree with you, but I don't know whether we were all burned out and jaded from having heard, you know, uh, on the road to nowhere 400,000 times and all that, oh. that we've, we've become jaded with that and we, it wouldn't matter what you played. That There's no surprises musically when you turn on radio. I hear more on stations like... 3MP and Magic and that, songs yeah. that I haven't heard before, and I go, oh, they're playing Jackie Wilson Said by Van Morrison or something, and I'll go, oh, right. goody. Um, yeah. Because it's not on the road to nowhere by talking heads again. Hey, I wanted to, while we're talking about music, um, wanted to get your thoughts, Finey, on Meatloaf Passing. Oh, God, did that create mirth everywhere. Poor man, in this country. In this country, he's not resting in peace, unfortunately. No, he's not. <laughs> but um, do you know what he died of? We've been trying to work out what he died I'm of. Tipping it's a heart attack. No, it wasn't. Apparently, it was something COVID-related. They were saying because he was apparently an anti—he's either an anti-vaxxer or an anti-masker or something. He was he'd done it, but I don't—I don't know. I haven't. He's an anti-dieter. I know that. <laughs> I haven't seen. He was not an anti-drug taker. No. No, he wasn't an anti-drug taker. No, he was not anti. He, he was he was pro-drug taking. Yeah, I, yes, I, yes, I, I don't yes. know what the I don't know that I've actually seen a cause of death anywhere that one's been one might have been published, but I haven't seen it. Embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I got to say that uh, as much as it much as that embarrassment that that well, if that was the case, he would have died at the grand final that year because that was awful. That was as bad as anyone's ever been, and and he deserved every. Um, uppercut he got for that, but I want to just say that I thought the, the there's some of the stuff, not all of it, some of the stuff that he did was absolutely um, the soundtrack of people's lives and songs that will will live with them forever. Um, I played the bejesus out of everything because I was on commercial radio and we played him to death um, and I got very tired of the 16-minute songs and the five-minute songs and just the great big huge Steinman production of everything and became very jaded by it. But I do remember the first time I heard Bad Out of Hell and I went, this is going to change a lot of things about, uh, 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 you know, this is going to be a huge album. Um, I like some of it, didn't like all of it, but I think he deserves a tick in the book for what that album actually did. Well, you know me, Kev, I've never... You don't like him at all. Word. I've never had a bad word to say against the man. <laughs> lying um, hound. <laughs> you know, big fan, big fan of all of his work. You lying hound. You don't like I Jim Steinman. Jim. You don't like no, Jim Steinman's songwriting or his production. And you know why Brian doesn't like mate both for Jim Steinman, etc. Because he's actually got a great ear for music and he's got <laughs> more than a modicum of taste. Seriously, <laughs> he knows he knows wheat from chaff, good from bad, shit from Shit from gold and sheer from gold, but uh, <laughs> carry carry on, Brian. And and and, and uh, let me tell well, you, I know a lot of people sort of say you can't bag him. He's got family members, but 
I've seen I've seen his parents, Edna and Graham Loaf, and his kids. <laughs> all the loafs. Graham Loaf. Yeah. You well, know, they I, are look, you know, they what, too they too know that he was a fat no. Oh no, 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 we don't do that. It's not about fat. He was a he was food enhanced. But it's not that he was a he was I don't know. He, to well, me, to me, he was a, a sort of a ninth-rate opera star that accidentally walked into a rock studio one day and should have been shown the exit. Instead of going to the exit, he walked into Record Now and Jim Steinman turned this pops into a into a popular something popular, but only in America, my friend. Only in America. Oh, I it's think a he was, massive I album think he was, here. Massive album. I think he was the no. worst Eddie in Rocky Horror. Yep, yeah, pitching is dreadful in that. Um, but I like Demos Roussos, and to me, Demos Roussos made Meatloaf look like a rissole. You know, Demos Roussos is known as the, the most cowardly person in the history of, of history of entertainment. The, he's the most cowardly entertainer of all time. Wasn't his friend the wind? It's all of it's it's all of our friends if we're. Playing Dutch oven with our partners. <laughs> yes, right. You wouldn't no, want to have a Dutch oven with Demos after thirty-four souvlaki. No, he was a fam- famously, famously, when push came to shove, he, he was found out to be the greatest coward of all time. Really? Don't you remember when he got? Don't you remember when he got hijacked by terrorists? No. He was on a plane that got hijacked. Oh, I've got vague, very vague memories of that. They, they they made him make a statement, and rather than show any backbone, he referred to them as these lovely people. So <laughs> 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 these kindly people. They are misunderstood. These kindly people. No, they're not. They want to blow us all up, you idiots. <laughs> Did he have his moo moo on? Yeah, of course he had his. No, hey, hey. He made dress. He was um. As with Homer, you, you know, you only wear what you only wear what Demis Roussos, sadly, ultimately the great Luciano Pavarotti and a few others wear. You only wear that when you um, run out of men's clothing shops. The high and mighty can't service you, <laughs> and even Walwick's, the outdoor temp specialist, doesn't have a one or two man temp. That do you remember Walwick's? Yes. W-A-L-W-Y-K spells Walwick's for camping. That's a very hard name to spell, but even he he couldn't get into a two-man tent by the end, old Demis. No, he struggled. And that's the the voice you were using was the voice that Bert used to use when he would do Demis Roussos, that that, that high-pitched voice. It was very funny. These lovely people. I I got a pair of his fronts years ago, and we took the whole family camping with them. It was terrific. <laughs> oh, that's oh. I'm doing a Martin Marty Sheer shit. Yes, you do. You work on yeah, your material I'm, I'm a bit, Brian. If now, you're going to throw me under the bus, and I'm doing a breakfast show with you to triple these ratings, well, you better you better lift your game right. with your material. Yeah, well, if you hey, if you keep carrying on like that, Mannix, I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. Any more any more crap like that, <laughs> we're going to put you on a five hundred thousand dollar contract. Seriously. 
<laughs> What's that, you? I don't know where you get this from. It's great. <laughs> I can't talk. I can't talk. Uh, righto. Let's get to the chart. Uh, January 31, 1968. I'm very excited about this chart. Oh, do, you think it's, chart. do you think it's good? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I know oh, you're, probably, you're probably a bit too... Too young to, uh, you know, take in the juicy goodness that is in this chart, Finey. Oh, there's a little bit of good and a lot of bad. Oh, no, Finey, I'm struggling to find three bad ones. Oh, my God. You can't find three bad ones. I've got six on a list here, which is headline bad, and I'm struggling to actually um, justify picking the three out. I almost did a Finey and was going to go with six good ones. Oh, you take you're expecting the urine, aren't you? I mean, either that or Christmas at your place is celebrated by the by the birth of the you know the baby Jesus and the arrival of the adult Snoopy. No, well, that's oh. that's one in the in the in the three of the bad. Oh, okay. That sorry. is one in sorry. the three of the bad. Oh, but sorry. conversely, I will say that the other member of this panel, I reckon, this was the first record he ever bought, or one of the first records he ever bought, was a Snoopy record. It was. It was uh, the return of the Red Baron by the Royal Guardsman, which was and, before this. You one. know, when I was about five or six, this was the equivalent to punk rock because I said the bloody Red Baron from Germany, and bloody was a really well. They beeped word, it on though. the radio. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but you know that was like listening to Sex Pistols say "fuck." It was just yeah. great. Well, they beeped. Uh, was... They beeped the uh, the Royal Guardsman, and they beeped uh, for many years. They beeped John Lennon. So Christ, you know it ain't easy. They beeped Christ. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. doesn't surprise me. Now let me read you the top ten from this year. No, we're all... not beeping anything. Uh, no, I'm we're not. A, I'm getting a glass of red, Kev. Number ten, All My Love by Cliff Richard. Number nine, You've Not Changed by Sandy Shaw. Number eight, Kathy Come Home and the Way They Play by The Twilights. Seven, The Last Waltz by Inglewood Humperdinck. Six, Snoopy's Christmas by the Royal Guardsman. I will tell you that the three I've got on my list of bads are in the top ten. Uh, number five, World and Sir Jeffrey Saved the World from the Bee Gees. Number four, The Rain, The Park and Other Things by the Councils. Number three, Daydream Believer by the Monkeys. Number two, Hello, Goodbye, I'm the Walrus by the Beatles. And number one, Sadie the Cleaning Lady by Johnny Farnham. A lot of double A sides in this chart. There's a few, yeah. There's about five. Yeah, that'd be right. Kathy Come Home, uh, The Bee Gees was one, Twilight's had one, uh, The Beatles obviously, Hello, Goodbye and I'm the Walrus. Um, the Easy Beats had one, The Music Goes Round My Head, Music Goes Round My Head and Come and You'll Get Pneumonia. Uh, you Only Live Twice and Oh Lonesome Me by Nancy Sinatra and Lee Hazelwood. Yeah, there's a few in there. Oh. My Prayer and let, uh, let Your Left Hand Know, The Vibrance, Melbourne Band. Was it My Prayer? My Prayer, which is the old My Prayer song, and then the other one was uh, Let Your Left Hand Know. So what, you're, you're praying and fondling yourself with your right hand. Is that what the message is? Never too far away from a cheap, crass attempt at humour, are you, Mannix? You're really wor- <laughs> you're working. It's a big old show. Here you go. <laughs> so you're working very hard to get this breakfast gig. I am. Right, yeah, O'Fani, kick us off then. You open the batting with your th- number three, good and bad. All right, now this chart features the, the four pillars, the four great uh, – if, if you take out the brilliant Dusty Springfield, but she was in a class of her own for brilliance, and I mean that. Yeah, But great. the four great marketable solo female voices of English music in the 60s, I speak, of course, of Petula, Petula Clark, yep. 
Lulu, Sandy Shaw, and Cliff Richard. <laughs> and all good roots. <laughs> and so for the for the um, good, yeah, of good, course, yeah. of course, made easier to pick with the recent parting of the wonderful Sydney Poitier. Oh. But I do like to serve with love. I think it's a great song. So my third good is to serve with love by yep. Lulu. Yep, lovely choice. And my third bad is now she can do or she can wear her sixties cool trendy outfit and she can sing it on a set straight off the Benny Hill show or something, you know, with some mirrors that are mirrors and some that aren't. I knew the ones that weren't because they're the ones that they were filming through. Mm-hmm. And she can give it the old, you know, dancing from the hip up, which was very popular back in England back in the day. But that song by Sandy Shaw is the greatest piece of crap I've ever heard. It's actually not a, a pop song. It's got something really funny about the chorus. You've not changed like a bit, my love. Sung, but my la- yeah, my, la- my love. Mm. It's, su- it's sung by the some 73-year-old next-door neighbour. <laughs> That's not how kids spoke, was it? Uh, it was anyhow. sort of almost that uh, that Tommy Steele-type feel to, uh, as a song, wasn't it? That, that sort of... It's, not a, it's a bad oh, song. It's it, not a pop song. It's English theatre-type thing. Ah, oh, rep- six months, it's better than ah uh, for nothing. A little Shit. bit of that, yeah. Yeah, um... I remember, you know, the great author Roald Dahl. He, he, Love him. Brilliant. And his short stories were brilliant. He had one about a, a greyhound flapping tracker. Anyhow, he, he spoke about this greyhound track and, um, you know, everybody there was betting whatever. But in the background was over and over Frank Ifill singing, I remember you, just over and over till everybody was in a sophomoric state ready to be fleeced <laughs> by bookmakers. Uh, well, you could have played Sandy Shaw at the trots on the same night and had a double double dip Yep, because this is absolutely not sophomoric. That means childish. It's sonomoric. It puts you to sleep. Yep. Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, to Sir With Love and Sandy Shaw. Uh, now, the good and bad number three from you, Mr Mannix. Well... This is one, and this is a surprise for me to say this, but... Is this good or bad? I think it's bad. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's bad. It's number 26, and it's a double A side from Elvis. And oh, I don't know Judy or this Oh, yeah, no, me. it's ordinary. Is ordinary? Yeah, both, all, all those Elvis songs. The Big Boss Man is the other one that's in there. Yeah, and Judy. great either. Yeah, no, not, not good song. Elvis, Elvis goes to, um, you know, the songwriting factory and picks out the cruddy stuff and... Well, it. They, they, um, the Colonel Tom Parker always insisted that Elvis gets 50% of the songwriting and then after the Beatles came on, he said, no, stuff you. If you want to do my song, you pay the, the right rate. Yeah. So Elvis is actually credited, I think, with uh, nine songs that he wrote, which he didn't, but it was just the deal that... Um, Colonel Tom did. And that's why he, the Colonel just didn't want to pay the money and that's why he had so many shit songs. Yeah, Judy's an awful song. I had to listen to it. A Big Boss Man wasn't much better. No, no. Um, but, you know, on the uh, good side of this. Yes. Um, well, I'm going to, well, that's probably my best. Uh, um, I think, okay, I might go Paint It Black by number 
36 by the Rolling Stones. Yep. I think that's a pretty good song. Good song. Terrific song. Uh, they got Cheese of Rainbow in there as well, which is another very good Rolling Stones song. But yeah, I think the thing about... But my painted black says it's by Chris Farlow. Oh, it does too. Well... Actually, I didn't even look. It does. Yeah, that's Chris Farlow who was... He did do a version of Painted Black. He did Out well, of Time, if you remember that song. Baby, 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 you're out of time. Don't no, worry. Well, he, he then, then forget about it. Tune. The thing I liked about that song was because I think it's possibly the first song written about depression. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I no. never thought about it before, but I was thinking about it the other day and I thought, yeah. So you're happy to put Chris Farlow's version in? No, it is... no, no, no. He can okay. get stuff. Okay, he can get stuff. I'm going to put in okay. um, The right Stone on. Ponies, number 27. Oh. Beautiful Mike Nesmith song, A Different Drum. I love it. And I love Mickey Dolan's, our good friend Mickey Dolan's version on that new album. Oh, well, look, I love Mickey's version too, but sorry, Linda Ronstadt's version one. with the Stone Ponies, that's yeah. just the best. She's, yeah. got a, she's got a beautiful, beautiful voice, beautiful, beautiful voice. Who were we talking to that met? Russell Morris. Uh, right. And she, did she do backing vocals for yeah. him? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he, and she said and to him, "You might have. Uh, you might. I had. I had well, one I'll song that was band. reasonably big. You might have heard of it in Australia. Don't know." So what was that? And she said, "Oh, it was with the band I was with." He said, "Oh yeah, who were they? Oh, they were called the Stone Ponies, and the song was different drum." And <laughs> Russell's almost passing out in the studio, going, "What? What? Yeah, <laughs> you're Linda Ronstadt, because she was there with um, the guitar player Lyle George. She was Lyle George's girlfriend at the time when Russell met her from Little Feet." Weren't we all Lal George's girlfriend? At we some were. Point? My number three, yeah. my number three bad uh, is is a top. My my, th- my three bad ones are all in the top ten. Mm. Um, so let's go to number seven. The last waltz by Engelbert Humperdinck. I don't think I liked anything Engelbert did, um, oh. uh, including changing his name from Jerry Dorsey to Engelbert Humperdinck. That was stupid. Yeah, it was. Didn't make any sense to me at all. Um, and so Engelbert gets a Guernsey for me straight up. Right. The last walls. That was an easy one to find. Uh, I love that song. I don't mind that song. It, be the last uh, Well, my mum and dad uh, loved it. And they, the that's it. When I went to England when I was eight, we were on a boat, and I reckon I heard that song every day. So when I hear it, just reminds me of, oh, yeah, I'm just about to pull into Tahiti or here's New York or something. So, yeah, yeah no, it's good. And my, mum, my mum used to play it all the time at home and I'd, I'd want to get on the record player and play the stuff I wanted to play and she'd be playing the Inglewood Humperdinck album or the bloody Kamal album. Right. Okay, my number three, good. Oh, look, seriously, I'm dripping with goodness here. Dripping with goodness, but I'm going to go with The Rain, The Park and The Other Things by The Cowsles. Or is I don't that, think I know that. Yes, you do. I saw her sitting yeah, yeah. in the rain, so, uh, raindrops falling on her. It's it's that song. No one knows the, no, by its name, but it's, uh, you know, the, the, yep. uh, we'll make you happy, happy, happy. Flowers oh, in the rain. Da, da. Flowers everywhere. That's a good one. No, it's a really good song. The Rain, the Park and the Other Things by the Castles. Happy, happy, happy. That one. Yeah. Flowers oh. in the but Yeah, right. Eh? I reckon I might know what my next well, I mean, oh, the, cow- the, the councils really are the, the councils of the Partridge family. Yes, correct. Huh? And one, one of the councils is, I think, married to one of the Bengals and uh, appears uh, has appeared on the last uh, Hootie Gurus album, John. Well, we've all we've all been married to one of the Bengals. Oh, yeah, have don't start. <laughs> Honestly, right, O'Finy, what do you got? Uh, number two. 
I only recently found out councils were their names. I thought it was some. Let's take two words and just combine them. Oh, really? Um, oh, how would you make the that cow one? Cowsills. Yeah, no good. I mean, that's a silly name. Cows don't have windows. No, they so, don't. Okay. My number two bad mm-hmm. is, now let me just get back. Now, look, I don't think this is a bad song. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if some of you have it in your best. Mm-hmm. But I... First of all, for most of my life, this was the one song I got the fucking words wrong. So it's an embarrassment for it's an embarrassment for me. It's a James Rain song, is it? <laughs> no, I always thought it was Judy in the Sky. Oh. So, so that was always an embarrassment for me. But yes. it's the Playboys that worry me more than John Fred. <laughs> and I, I, got to tell you, John Fred must be a good bloke because he has allowed one of his mates a musical career standing there banging a tambourine. Yep. Now, now, I don't know, I just find this song sort of repetitive and moronic and the main reason it's moronic is because I got the words wrong. Yes. Well, that's that's on you, Fanny. Good song, Judy in Disguise with glasses. It's not a terrible song. It's not terrible. It's just... To me, it, it, it's irksome. So, yeah. okay. Yeah, but fair enough. I can, I can see you're liking it. Mm, I love it. Number two, I like this club because there's a lot of songs I didn't know and I thought, right, now I'm going to find a real stinker because I don't really know the artist and I don't know the song. But I do know the song and I don't know the artist and I really like the song. It's Brendan Woods' Gimme Little Sign. Yeah, Ooh. good song. So I didn't know. I wouldn't know Brenton Wood, you know. I've lost him in the. I've lost Paul Britton in the trees. I didn't know he was an African American or yes. black man. Yes, he is. It doesn't sound like a black name to me, Britton. I went to school with a Brenton. I think he's a he, West Indian born or English born West Indian. I think. Oh, so he's like he's like Jofra Archer. I think from memory. I think he was. So he can bo- and he can bowl. Yeah, I like the song. Maybe we should hang shit on his appearance. No, right? we're not doing that. But uh, later, of course, massacred by Peter Andre. Oh, oh that's yes. off. If song, you don't yeah. want me, yeah, Peter Andre did a first. Give some that. kind of sound, that's girl. That's it. That's it. I'm a baby. It's a good song, and that it sounds good, song. good song. But Brian, cover it. No, I'll let somebody else do that. No, I've that got... sounded really good. Yeah, but I've got I, my own I reckon songs, it's a very right, cool song, actually. Yeah, it's yeah, a good song. It's a really good song. It's not exactly my cup of tea, but I respect it a lot. Right, what do you got at number two? Good and bad, Mannix. Um. Well, I'm not really sure about the bad. I, I kind of can find something good in all of these. See? Um, See? I'm going to go for, um, and this will upset a few people, Ichiku Park by Small oh. Faces is a bad one. I don't like the Small Faces. Or as it, it, How can you uh, not like the Small Faces? Is that the Rod Stewart's faces or different no, faces? No, this is different faces. This is Steve Marriott and oh, Small well, Faces. Oh, i really got something. Oh, Steve Marriott. Okay, yeah. fair enough. But uh, no, Ichiku Park. I know Ichiku Park. I don't. It, look, you know, it might be it's a great It's all band. too beautiful. I yeah, love Ichiku it's, Park. It's a great song. I think it's probably just been played to death. Too, it, did, it has got played a lot. It's got. It's, it's probably next to Phil Collins um, in the air tonight. Uh, boom, 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 boom. It's got one of the you know, most sort of identifiable drum little fills that you'll ever hear too okay. on the radio, on a commercial song. So what's your number two good then? 
Well, this is a bit of a question I need to ask here. Yeah, go on. Far now, away. I think it's uh, if we look down on the chart at mm. number 20. Yes, I'll tell you what that is if you want to know. It's alternate title, but now, isn't it really called Randy Scouse Git? Correct. It was called Randy Scouse Git Everywhere But England where they changed it to alternate title, but it's the song that Michael Nesmith wrote which was so different to anything else the Monkees had done because they'd done Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart and Neil Diamond and Carol King songs. And then Mickey, Mickey wrote, wrote that, that one. Yeah, Mickey did. Mickey Dolan's wrote it. Yeah, yeah. You said Mike Nesmith. Why don't you cut your hair? Why don't you do that? That's yeah, the song. She's a wonderful lady yep, and she's it. mine, oh, man. That's a great melody. And then, it, you know, do, 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 do. Yep. Yeah, that was a bit experimental, but um, I really like that song. Yeah, me too. Good song. All right. All right. Did I give you my bad one? You did. You went into Coop Park, you bullfed. Yeah, right. I'm happy with that. All right. My number two bad, oh, Snoopy's Christmas, crap song, sorry, just never liked the Royal Guardsman, never thought anything of, uh, never found any redeeming uh, qualities whatsoever in any of their songs, thought they were the novelty song they kept on giving and yeah. never stopped and that it annoyed me. Um, so I didn't like that one. And my number two, good. Oh, yeah, to Sue with Love's a beautiful, different drums are beautiful song. Tin Soldier's a great song by the Small Faces, Brian. Kathy it's Come Home by the... to a story that was written long ago. Is that it? What? Tin Soldier. One Tin Soldier. No, no, not one Tin Soldier. Tin no. Soldier. Ah, I yeah. am a little Tin Soldier that wants to... It's a rock and roll song. I don't know. That's why I didn't think Philistine. I thought it was one tin soldier. Kathy, no, it's not Kathy, come home by um, by the uh, the toilets is a great song, um, but it would be very and Simon says by the Groove, which is a Melbourne band that I love. I'm going to put that in actually. There's my number two. Simon says is by the Groove. Simple Simon said, "Put yeah. your hands on your head." Peter simple Williams Simon was the lead singer. Said. There's a few few of the old band members still running around doing. Bits and pieces, but they were a good band. They had sued me and Simon Says and Relax Me. Um, uh, that late part of the 60s, there was the Groove, them, and the group, which was Ronnie Charles' band, and a lot of people used to get them confused. Um, yeah. Caddy was in uh, the group, but the Groove were a really good band. I, I actually, they played at the pub over the road from the service station my parents had, and I listened to them play. I wasn't allowed to go, obviously, because I was only about 11 or 12. Um but they were a really good band. So no, my number two, Good Is Simon Says by The Groove. Right up, Finey. Not to be confused with Simon Says by Black American Black gangster rap band that I like, Pharaoh <laughs> Monks, that goes, Simon Says, boom, boom, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, it goes, yeah. and it goes on from there. Quite good. Yeah. No, not to be confused with that. No. Or the Simon Says that the 1910 Fruit Gum Company did, which was, no. People say, yeah. put your hand in your head. That's, that's the one I was talking about. Isn't that this song? No, that's what, no, 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 different. No, that, that song prompted the other one, shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Uh, okay. All right, I'm changing my number two bad just because I didn't know Judy in disguise. So a quick change there. Yeah. Because it might be too bad for. What was that? What was that? What was what? Did someone just fart? No. No, no, that what was Judy in disguise. So I'm changing my number two bad to Sadie the Cleaning Lady because as a four year old, you shouldn't have music that you makes you sick because it's on all the time. Oh, anyhow. Fair enough. Um, but all right, my number one. Good to start off with is Tin Soldier by Small yes. Faces. 
Not one tin soldier. One no. tin soldier rides no, away. No, 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 that's Coven. That's that was a that was a dreary song that was on the on the What was it? Coven? Coven, I think their name was. The band that did one they, tin they soldier. They turned into COVID later. It's a Buffy St. Marie song, I reckon, one tin soldier. No, this is a good song. Tin Soldier by Buffy the Small Faces. Saint Marie, is she a stripper or what? Yeah, no, she's an, she's an African <laughs> Indian singer songwriter, you no, Philistine. African Indian stripper. A street name for your hook, for your <laughs> porno name. Okay, Buffy Saint Marie Avenue. Um, all right, I've got a little quick a rant about my number one bad song. Okay. All right, you know that I do not like bands that I love betraying me with bad music, correct? Yes. Oh, no, you can't stand it. No, but I normally put those songs at bad number three because they're they're not necessarily terrible songs. They're just a letdown from that band. Yep. So this is one of my all-time favourite bands, but this is one of the worst songs ever, A, because it's not a frigging song. Mm. It's just six words that they play, but... In the background, and it starts off with, it's not bell ringing, it's it's the sound of bells chiming in an off-key. Ma- Anyhow, to cut a long story short, if you want tinnitus or another severe ear condition, listen to this song, seriously. This is exactly, this is the musical version of strobing that, you have to warn against for epileptics. Oh, this is the worst song to listen to I think I've ever heard. It's e- Easy Beats. The something goes round. The music the, goes round my head. The music goes round my head. Well, it might go round your head, boys, but I'll tell you what, it's stuck in my ears. And wow. For the, I mean, and also, just to be particularly sycophantic to the English, every now and then they – they stop with the tinnitus bell ringing in the background, which <laughs> is there for no fucking reason other than to hurt people. <laughs> and they have a little blow of trumpets trying to suck up to the English with a little bit of Royal Guardsman or something because that was very big in those days. That's right. And now a little bit of music that was played by King Henry VIII. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little bit of that in there for no reason as well. Now, this is a brilliant band. I love this band. And when I listened to this song, this so upset me that I went and played all their good music over and over. Oh, good. And, and you know, and that they, to me, have the most underrated song in Australian music history. I have it in the top three songs ever. It's not, not thrown out of my mind. I, I, I think their best song is I'll Make You Happy. Oh, which good has song. The greatest, yeah. Which has the greatest key change by a singer. I love what he does in that song when he does that early key change, the whole world sort of bent to the altar of of Stevie Wright, but then, of course, they couldn't hear because they'd listen to this shit. <laughs> I must admit, I knew the song. I, have, I didn't listen to it because I knew the song and I thought it's not a song that I love and not a song that I hate, so it went in my kind of in the middle um, list, but I'll have to go and have a listen to it now to see what you're talking about with the bells what, what and they, stuff. Have a listen to it and... And then join me in class action because <laughs> Slater and Gordon <laughs> and I are about to. Well, they make about ninety eight percent. No, yeah, forget about no, no lose, no fee, no win, no good. Anyhow, but anyhow, we're going to take it to the cleaners. Yeah, all right. right. Uh, now, number one for you, Mannix. Good and bad, please, or Mano, Mano. We've got to keep on your Mano. 
Yes. Oh, because with Mano, Mano, well, Mano we've already, Kevin, Titty, or we've already hired Titty. <laughs> titty. Unless, unless, you, unless you want to get Floppy or Goo Goo from <laughs> Floppy and Goo Goo oh, are on the market. <laughs> what kind of money would they be on? Oh, here? stop floppy, it! Just get floppy. on with it. Righto. Um, look, I don't really remember this song, oh, so that sort of tells me something. I probably should have done some research on it. Kevin. Probably should have. Um, it's number thirty-nine. It's the Hombres. Oh, you do know it, your buffet. Let it all hang out. Remember that song? It's got sort of like Bob Dylan-ish lyrics and then they go, and let it all hang out. Let it all hang out. I thought it was about a fart. It's just just let it out. Yeah, let it out was what it was. And then in brackets after it, it should have said let it all hang out. It was that song called Let It All Hang Out. Very ordinary song. Then all right. No, it's not it, is it? No. Trying to good, my friend. No, So is it shit, Kev? Yeah. Oh, good, good. So I've got that right. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. I just yeah. thought it was no, Come on, Mano. Okay, now. Oh, Mano, would you? Hey, Mano. Hey, mate. It's a ten past eight uh, Friday morning. What, what's your number one, Mano? What, what, <laughs> what are you got for us? What are you got for us? <laughs> I can't go, go on, Mano. Mano. What do you got, Mano? Go on, go on. Got to get to the Black Thunder Cross. What do we got? Uh, we've got Mano, Kevin, Titty here. And oh, we're having a ball in this morning. If you just joined us, oh, Jesus, Titty just man. did a fanny fart that just stunk up the entire studio. Uh, probably not far removed from the sort of act we do too. Go on, what's number one in the good? Well, it's a double A side, <sighs> but I only want to give it to one side of it. I reckon you're going hello, goodbye. I reckon you are. Which side am I going for? You're going hello, goodbye. No way. You're going walrus? No way. I'm the walrus is a great song. Hello, goodbye. You say hello. Oh, I love I that song. I say goodbye. Hello, goodbye. No, no. I am me and you are me and we are here and we are all together. Like, guys on drugs, it's great. <laughs> I'm the Walrus is one of the Beatles' No, you're songs. not Craig Stadler, is <laughs> Yes, correct. Who? Craig Stadler, the golfer. The Walrus. But he's the Walrus. He's the one who got into trouble. Didn't he get into trouble finally for saying something about Tiger Woods' choice for the Masters dinner would no, be? No, that was Fuzzy Zeller. Ah, it was Fuzzy. That's right. How, how about this for a suitable comment when Tiger Woods won his first Masters? Fuzzy Zeller, the previous winner of the, of the Masters, said, oh, well, that'll be exciting. Now we can have fried chicken and watermelon for the pre, for the winner's dinner. Yes. Because oh. the winner chooses. Imagine oh. saying that. Oh. Even then it was outrageous. Yes, it was. It was absolutely outrageous. We're going to have fried chicken and watermelon. My apologies to Craig Stadler. I thought it was, I, I got my fuzzies mis- mic- and my walruses mixed up. Yeah. All right, I'm the walrus. That's uh, that's your number one. Okay, good. Uh, my number three and my number one uh, bad is the number one song on this chart, Sadie the Cleaning Lady. Lady. Sorry. Yeah, good on you. Uh, John's, uh, John's a mate and all that stuff, but no, sorry. Uh, when I was at Fox, we banned it and put it in the jukebox from hell and said we'd never play it again. And I, hey, Michael, I'm not singing Sadie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, that's exactly how I feel about it. And my number one good well, it could be Randy Scouse Get, it could be the She EP, but it's actually Daydream Believer by the Monkeys. Yeah, nice, nice work. That needed Love to be it. in there by for one of us. Love it. Great and the job. she the She EP's a beauty. It's got Look Out Here Comes Tomorrow and Gonna Buy Me oh. a Dog and She, she on it. Uh, she's a great EP, song. I've I've never heard of this before. Is that something to do with sheep? 
No, no not sheep. <laughs> it's, it's a sheep. It was number one in New Zealand for 10 weeks. And they didn't oh, know that it was the monkeys. Dave Dobbin gag or something. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, she's a terrific uh, Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart song that, um, that they did. But that uh, Daydream Believer written by John Stewart. Um, really good song, and I, that's my. I'm quite happy to have that as my number one. I reckon that's a good call, Kev. I think that's well, I reckon the number one. It's one of our top threes. The number ones. If you I, if you were driving along listening to a radio and they played Tin Soldier followed by I Am the Walrus followed by um, uh, Daydream Believer, you would be. I'd be pretty happy with the that. radio. Would be cranked up and you'd be having a good time. Yeah. You know what? You know I what think, you'd be. What. what? You'd be driving a time machine back into a better, better era of more tasteful music. And yeah. and radio stations that played what the people wanted to hear. Yeah. And I think it's disappointing that um, none of us got Massachusetts by the Beatles and uh, the Bee Gees in there because I think that's a wonderful it's song. It's a great song. Yeah, it is good. I do like Massachusetts, but I just couldn't spell it on the entry. See, Conquistador by Procol Harum's a great song. Um, Very dramatic. No, oh, good, just a good song. Monterey by Eric Burden's a good song. Um, I know it's not. I'm what do you mean? I- do you reckon Monterey is a good song? Oh, so once you get past the intro where he talks about, hey, you're downtown, we're doing this or where. Well, hang on, hang on. Doesn't Monterey convince you once and for all and is a living proof that Eric Burton and the Animals are no Morrison and the Doors? Let me tell you. Oh, yes, I agree. Yeah, it's, I know. It's, I agree with imp- that. It's, it's a bit of an impersonation that went, you know, I mean, somebody, wasn't he, isn't he trying to be. You know the doors there, aren't they? Yeah, I think they suffered a bit from that. I think that's a fair call. When you've I've told when you're... you the story about meeting Eric Burden, haven't I? I've met him. I think I've interviewed him for XY when he came out in the nineties. Well, it was no, our first 80s. trip to Sydney, and we were doing a TV show. That's why we were there, and we were at the Mansell Room. And this guy that we were staying in his house, he said, oh, "Look, Eric Burden's here. Do you want to meet him?" And I go, oh, no, 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 not really, you know, it's all a bit embarrassing and that. And then Nick, the drummer, he used to always hang his dick out in public places. I think we've spoken about Nick's dick, Charlie, before. You know, oh, he, Nick's dick's got a name, okay. It's right. Charlie. Charlie, you'd have to have a cup of tea on the plane. Charlie would just be part of the band pretty much. And I'm going, oh, I don't want to go there. And, this, and Nick just says, mate. Charlie wants to meet Eric Burden. <laughs> so we go up to see Eric Burden and he's got two chicks on either side of him. He's fucking pissed out of his mind. Yeah, he liked to But drink. Nick could hang his dick out and he just, just the way he'd hold himself, you'd never know. I could see the glint in his eye and I'd go, oh, no, and look, Jesus, Nick. But anyway... So I go and say, hey, Eric, how you And he's like, yeah, man. And then Nick comes up with his cock out and goes, hey, Eric, how you going, mate? Yeah, good to meet you, mate. Yeah, so what's going on? You're doing some gigs? Yeah, blah, blah. And he's just standing there with his dick hanging out in front of Eric Burden. And that's why I love Nick so much because he just <laughs> put his dick out in public places and nobody would notice. It was the first time I saw a dick with a cigarette. It's great. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, didn't Russell Gilbert used to do that all the time? Yeah, the nutty professor. Yeah. And he used to get these foreskin, right? Oh, no, Brian, do we need to, really? Well, okay. But then he'd start pissing and it would puff up like 
we began, Nick, let it go. It's going to explode. And then, bang, it was like a bucket of piss coming oh. out. Oh, really? Well, it's oh. a long show, Kev. You can probably edit that <laughs> out. <laughs> you said right. I've got a great story about Gilbert and the Nutty Professor. Yeah, go on. Well, you know, Gilbert used to live with um, with Mick Malloy. Yes, he did. And they were, oh, this is true, they were always playing practical jokes on each other. And Gilbo said one night he decided what he'd do was um, Mick, Mick had these favourite um, sort of, they, they, he said they were like um, sp- spicy peanut peanuts or cashews or something, and he just loved them. And, and Gilbo would buy them and Mick would just eat them. And one night they were just staying home watching TV, so Gilbo mocked up this, you know, sort of paper bowl or whatever, anyhow, cut a hole in the bottom, put him on his lap, put the nutty professor oh, through the bowl oh, and covered it, covered covered his the nutty professor with Mick's favourite nuts, knowing that Mick, as they watched from the TV, just couldn't resist leading over and having a handful and a handful till he got to the nutty professor. <laughs> Mick had bought some takeaway and he's eating the takeaway and having the occasional handful of nuts and about Halfway through the movie, Gilbo just starts screaming uncontrollably, and this is all true. And Mick goes, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" He goes, "Eat the fucking cashews! The spice is burning me balls at me stuff!" And he couldn't wait any longer. The gag was ruined because all the all the coating, all the spicy coating, had gone into parts. Unacceptable, and Gilbo was screaming and yelling and threw, threw off the nuts, and all that was left was the injured nutty professor in his little paper hut. I did that with I did that making a pizza once, and I was making the pizza, and I put the chili on, and you don't think to wash your hands before you go to the toilet. Oh no! And so you know you're aiming and all that, and I come back like, oh, it's getting a bit warm there. It's getting. And it just got worse and worse and worse. I had to go and sit in the bath for about half an hour to just diffuse the whole situation. So if you're cooking with chilli, make sure you wash your hands before you go to the toilet. And uh, next week, Gilbo tells that joke as well. <laughs> next, next week's uh, podcast, well, your dick just stories. A real life experience. No, you want to know Gilbo's joke? He goes, but always wash your hands when you're cooking with chilli because I went to the toilet to have a piss and I got chilli in both my eyes. And he goes, what? He goes, yeah, I rubbed my eyes. I couldn't believe how small my dick is. I can't get a better note to end it on than that. Absolutely, yeah. and we will because we've gone way over time as usual. <laughs> um, thank you, Finey. Thank you, Mannix. Oh, Mano. Thanks, Mano. Um, Mano, Kevin, <laughs> and uh, Titty. <laughs> titty. Breakfast <laughs> with Mano, Kevin, Titty. Wouldn't I be Hills, wouldn't I? Wouldn't I be Hills? Wouldn't it be Mano Hills and Titty? Mano, Hillsy and Titty. Yeah, I think she's got the Y. Yeah, I think you just got the the one syllable. Hills, just go Hills. I've got me and Titty. You know, you'll be calling her Titty for the entire year and on the last episode of the year, she'll say, it's not Titty, it's Tidy. (laughs) And you'll say, believe me, it's not. (laughs) Happy New Year! (laughs) 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 Where do you get this stuff from? Thank you, Lavinia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God love you. See you, boys. Goodbye. Bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.